Hello, my name is Joe Walsh, Managing Director of ASX Listed Lapidico Limited. We're developing a vertically integrated uh, lithium project based on a mine and concentrator in Namibia, shipping that mineral concentrate to a chemical plant in the UAE, in Abu Dhabi, where we're building our, uh, our chemical conversion plant that employs our proprietary process technologies. Earlier this week, we made an announcement that we've just produced some extremely pure lithium hydroxide using our technology. And the uh, independent group that produced that for us uh, opined that it was the, the best quality material that they've seen versus conventional um, uh, production. So I think we, we do stand apart from, uh, from peers in the quality of the product that we can be producing. Thank you, Matt. I'm Brendan Urich, one of the uh, founders and the CEO of Electric Royalties. Uh, we're a mining royalty company focused exclusively on those clean energy metals uh, really required for the uh, transition to clean energy. Um, you know, over 400 million has been raised in the last 18 months. That's all going into our portfolio. Uh, and so lots of exciting catalysts. Um, we've got the second largest lithium royalty portfolio uh, ever constructed. We've done, you know, the first graphite royalty financing. Uh, and lots of catalysts uh, to look forward to in 2023. Hi, I'm Terry Lynch. I'm the CEO of Power Nickel, and Power Nickel is developing what I think will be Canada's next uh, nickel sulfide mine, just south of James Bay in Quebec. Uh, we had a very successful drill program last year, and uh, following it up with another uh, program that's sort of, I guess we're a month into it now, another two months to go. We'll produce a updated 43101 in uh, Q1, and I suspect that'll put us pretty close to a commercial status. And uh, I would say we're probably the cheapest nickel sulfide uh, mine in the world right now. So that's there we go, idea. guys. I re really appreciate the uh, intros there. We've got ourselves a clean energy, green energy, battery metals uh, panel here today. And um, we're here actually to talk about contrarian investing, but I, I suspect we'll be leaning towards uh, some of some of those topics specifically. But Joe, let's 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 start with the macro. People are nervous. People are risk off. They're hoarding their cash rather than investing in equities. Are people right to be nervous right now? Well, my view is it's the best time to invest is when, when the hordes are nervous. Uh, and that's where the best opportunities and the best returns come. And we've, we've seen this before. If you look back over the, the last 15 years, there's been some, some of these huge dips that we've seen in the market. And they tend to happen uh, fairly precipitously. And then the market bounces out of these and it might take uh, 6, 12, 18 months. But I would suggest that with uh, where uh, equity prices in particularly uh, are at the moment, uh, this is a this is a great market if you've got the cash to be, to be investing, and in the sort of new energy metals in lithium in particular, what better place to be uh, to be getting exposure because the the growth in demand in this space is un, is truly unprecedented over the course of this decade and probably well through the next decade. Well, that's the question I'm, ask, I'm trying to ask myself. Is I, I thought we were meant to be at the beginning of some. Um, metals super cycle. It doesn't quite, quite feel that way, does it, Brandon? Well, you know, it's, I think it's uh, it's short-sightedness, right? I mean, you look at how investors now are all about quarterly results, quarterly results. You know, the funny thing about the mining sector is your average development timeline is 15 years. And so, you know, on a fundamental basis, you can't really, um, you know, find new supply. These are very rare metals. You know, they're only located uh, in, in, you know, very unique places around the world. Um, and you can't print more of them, you know, <laughs> you can't mine more of them like you can in Bitcoins. 
Uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just crazy. You know, it's, I think there's a big disconnect right now. You know, our portfolio is about 40% lithium. Lithium prices are over 7,500 a ton, you know, uh, just in the last couple of weeks. When we bought in, that they were about 400 a ton, <laughs> you know. So uh, our revenues, our forecasts are directly proportional to that increase. Yet we're sitting, you know, where we were two years ago in terms of valuation. Um, and so I think there's a very big disconnect right now. And I think you've already seen that fear uh, hit valuations to the point where, um, you know, private equity groups are going to come snap all this stuff up, all these companies here uh, before the you know retail guys even get a chance. Well, yeah, well, that's, 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 that's another conversation we can have actually maybe later on. Cause I think that's really interesting. Um, because the, the public markets or public market companies are under so much pressure. Um, and the cost of actually being public is, is, uh, slightly overwhelming in moments like this. Um, Terry, kind of to that end, you're, you've got yourself a, a nickel project. Um, you've been kind of almost self-funding this thing. I mean, how easy is it for juniors? In, in a rising price environment to actually raise money in a rather depressed equities environment? Well, you know, we're lucky that, you know, our management team and our core shareholders, you know, have faith in the project. And, you know, I, I've sort of publicly said, hey, look, if we're going to give it away, we're going to buy it ourselves. You know, that's sort of where we're at. So, you know, we're backing up the truck now. We just announced a $3 million deal that's all basically being done with existing shareholders. And, uh, you know, thanks God we, we had that cap- capability to do that. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, nickel's one of those, especially nickel sulfides, not that expensive to develop in the overall scheme of things, you know. So, so I mean, it's going to cost a couple hundred million. So maybe you need 75 million in equity. So it's feasible to see how this gets developed fairly, uh, you know, simply down the road. Uh, if you're, if you're, if you're into these multi-billion dollar laterites, you know, tougher, you know. So uh, I think investors got to pick their spots on these things. But, and I think the other thing investors should be looking for now, now's the time to get greedy. You know, and and uh, you you need to sort of think, hey, look at projects that I can get 10x, 20x, 30x. They're out there. Three of them are on your screen. You know, so it's like that's it, that's what's going to motivate you to get over your fear because, of course, everyone's fearful. I mean, everyone's lost a, a bunch of money on paper. And let's say, you know, so but I think that, the you know, what gets you over the fear is, hey, Putting it in the bank isn't any better. You know, you're getting, uh, it's getting eaten away every day with inflation. So you've got to do something. And where are you going to go? Where are you going to get value? Well, real value in these mining companies is already apparent. The discoveries and the money that's gone in is there. So, uh, in these, you know, for sure, the broader macro trend of electrification is not going away. Doesn't matter what recession does to us. There's still going to be more EVs sold next year than this year and the year after that and the year after that. So it's like get behind a major trend. You know, and look for a big win. Well, valuations are just so stupid. <laughs> you know, like uh, I think we have a really easy case on valuation, but you know, I think our market cap right now is anywhere around twenty-five million. We have twenty royalties, right? One of our royalties, uh, it's on Battery Hill. It's really one of two manganese districts all in North America. You know, that that could be a domestic source of supply. China dominated that market. You know, produced ninety-nine percent plus. Uh, you know, of manganese for the EV space as of eighteen months ago. So we got one of two domestically. They put out a PA, 47-year mine life, you know, going to pay us anywhere from three and a half to kind of five million US a year. That's over 200 million, you know, US in cash flows. That's one of 20 royalties we have. And, you know, it costs us nothing, right? Those cash flows, we have no operating costs on those. We're not responsible for capital costs. It's just a timing thing. You know, that's one royalty of 20. I wouldn't even say it's necessarily our best royalty. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> so where we're trading at right now, I think it's just absolutely nuts. 
Uh, but you see that kind of valuation right now across the sector. It's just crazy. But, 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 but that's the point here. It, 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 people are very, very nervous and not quite sure what they need to be looking at. And, and hence the point of this conversation, which is, you know, be contrarian. But to be contrarian, you need to understand how a contrarian thinks. Like, for instance, Joe, you, you understand. You said you understand why people, people are nervous. Why aren't you nervous? Or maybe you are, but I assume you're not. Do I look nervous, Matt? No, I'm not. You don't. You don't. <laughs> That's why I got you on here. So, so it's, it's a very important point. And what's interesting about what Terry just said is he's backing the truck up now and going to existing shareholders to, to fund the company. Lapidico launched an entitlements offer at the beginning of last week. It is looking like it's going to be an extremely successful offer. The stock is 20 uh, odd percent above the offer price. And uh, we're seeing this an renounceable issue. So we're seeing the rights trade. They're trading extremely buoyantly. Um, and we've done, to your point about being in a bear market, we were in a bear market in the lithium space for three years. Every year we were raising money year in, year out to deliver on our strategy. And it was tough raising uh, money in those years. Yeah, we always managed to deliver an oversubscribed issue. And I've got no doubt that our underwriter will deliver an oversubscribed issue this time. So the companies, like Terry's company's doing it, Lapidico's doing it. The, the companies are providing leadership. We're funding these things ourselves. That's the time to be getting in. I think that's, and I, I love what both these guys are doing. You know, I mean, that's something that we've looked at too. Um, you know, I'm sure they've had bankers that are saying, hey, we, we'd love to oh, finance yeah. you. But <laughs> right now, honestly, I, I never said, you know, no to that more than anything right now. Now it's, you know, if anybody's going to be getting in, it's going to be our own shareholders, you know, that yeah. have the opportunity. And uh, you invest now and you take up your entitlements, it's non-dilutive. You're not being diluted. Exactly. But you're seeing that a lot more. We're, we're so uh, staunch about, you know, where things are right now that it's it's really only, you know, the investors that are with us today, you know, do we, do you, do you want to even give the opportunity uh, to keep getting in? Otherwise, you know, you're going to have to buy in the open market. Right. So let's, let's, let's go through an exercise and actually work out what people should be looking at. Okay. The, the kind of confidence when you're talking in Terry's case, he's saying, well, you know, if the market doesn't want it, we're definitely taking it because we know how good this thing is or how good this thing that could be. You know, Joe, the, 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 the rights offer is, it's indicative. So that's one, that's one way of looking at this. How else should people looking into companies broadly? What should they be focused on? What's important and what's not? What's, what's, what's real and what's just noise? I think Brendan made a good point, you know, in, in, with respect to say, for example, his royalty business. I mean, their, their burn rate is quite different than a burn rate for say Joe's company or my company. And so I think companies, you know, if you're an investor, look at, you know, burn rates and okay, how feasible is it for these guys to get to cash flow? Because ultimately every business needs to get to cash flow or to sell to somebody that's going to get it to cash flow. Otherwise you're, you're not going to, you know, exit properly. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, I think, in, 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 obviously, uh, Brendan can speak for his own case, but obviously he's made the investment. So he'll just wait until that starts to come in. You know, for, for power nickel, you know, the neat thing about, uh, the nickel space is that we're going to be at a stage where we're already getting calls from lots of major industry players, the who's who of the industry, both on the consumer and on the industrial side that want, that want to do deal. They want to, they want in because North American nickel 
is going to be the prettiest girl at the ball. If you if you want to sell an EV vehicle in, in North America, you're going to have to have North American nickel. And there's just not that much of it. And there's not, and, and there is, as Brendan said, takes a long bloody time to find it and to get it in production. So good luck. You know, so, uh, so that's the difference is look at companies that are going to be able to get in production. Sounds like Joe is already there and expanding and has a new technology. So, I mean, that's the, the prize here is that there's so many great uh, assets that are like so obvious. This is not, we're not talking about, Hey, I think I might get a hot hole here, you know, and, and baby needs new shoes. This is like, it's already been found, probably 99% de-risk, and you can get 10, maybe 100 times your money. It's like, get off your wallet, find the courage to invest, really. Yeah, well, look, I appreciate, Tara, that on the GNA. I mean, uh, our burn is so low. Uh, we could theoretically right now just hold down the four. We look to be, you know, cash flow positive next year. Um, the nice thing about a world, the company, you know, we have 20 assets. All of those are being advanced by uh, other parties at no cost to us. And when they get in production... You know, our actual operating cost on a unit basis is zero, right? So, um, you know, we're, we're really protected against capital cost inflation, operating cost inflation, and it's really just a matter of time. Um, you know, that's really the big debate right now is, you know, do, do we even spend capital given our current valuation? Because uh, if we were just to wait here five years, you know, the cash flows that we expect, you know, in the company, um, you know, I'm not going to even say the multiple because I'll, I'll probably get in trouble. It seems outrageous, you know. Uh, uh, but to Terry's point, the, the opportunities right now, you know, are there to make, uh, uh, you know, really, really good returns. Um, but, you know, he's got groups that are the majors already talking to him, looking to him, uh, you know, because they they have that technical know-how. They've seen what else is out there in the market. Um, you know, I think uh, right now all of us right here are acquisition targets, you know, whether it's private equity groups or uh, majors or, you know, the royalty groups, you know, for us. Uh, but, um, you know, the groups that really know, um, it's going to be hard for them to, to hold back, I think. At these valuations well and that's a really good point there brendan because where the private equity groups i think are going to have the the benefits versus the these nervous people that you're talking about matt on the street is they will be looking at fundamentals long-term for prices and they're probably got in their model and I'll talk to lithium because it's what I know know best, but they're probably going to be looking at this market staying in fundamental uh, deficit right through the balance of this decade, through the next decade. And that is going to drive sustained elevated pricing. What you see most commentators doing is mean reverting those prices over the court balance of this decade. And that just massively attenuates value and it creates nervousness. As soon as people on the street see that, pr that price curve pulling back, which has no fundamental basis, it's just a mean reversion, it drives concern and, and caution. And that's where the professional investors, the private equity guys that are, are thinking 10, 20 years out will be uh, making their returns. Absolutely. You know, and, and uh, I mean, I think... The one of the other challenges that, you know, uh, projects face these days is just how much capital do you need to get in business? You know, uh, I, I would not want to be, uh, you know, with due respect to the expiration business because we're obviously still in it. But, you know, it's tough to raise expiration capital right now. 
you know, it's really tough. I, I know a lot of good projects that, you know, but, are, but they're just so far away from being de-risked enough to really sort of catch fire. You know, so those are, those are the ones that are going to suffer. Now, in the long run, eventually that'll get fired up too. But I think, you know, the, the key is to see projects that, that, that have a pathway to commercialization or are commercialized. And that's, that's where if I'm an investor today, like I'm Terry's investing, you know, in other things other than power nickel, but I'm, I'm putting it in those types of business just because I feel that they're going to be first guys to, to rise into this uh, current morass that we're in. But isn't that the problem that people, the white noise, lots of companies say we have a path through to production. Right? There's a lot of promotion I, out there. <laughs> you know. There's a lot of promotion out there. But, you, but you've got to say, well, I can, I can look at the following ratios. I can look at the following um, you know, assets. I can look at the, the management statements over the last three years. Have they always done what they said? Those sorts of things. And you can, you can say, I'm, I'm going to apply my own risk profile to this as to whether or not it can. But I, I want from you guys to say, well, what are those things that people need to be looking at to be able to judge who will and who won't? Because like most won't. It's tough, it's just the right? I think it's business, tough. Right? I think uh, I think there is a bit of a new dynamic. Um, you know, it's it's not like gold mines. You know, where there's there's gold mines everywhere. You don't really necessarily need that gold mine over there or there to, to be in production. I think when you look at uh, you know our strategy, really securing uh, royalties on those deposits, North America, Europe, Australia, that could be domestic source supply of these metals. You know, the nine clean energy metals that we target. Uh, you know, moving forward, and I think when you look at the actual supply side from you know that perspective. Um, you know, there's not very many out there, uh, but mining's tough. You know, uh, all of us up here have, you know, 10 plus years experience, um, you know, looking at projects, analyzing projects, you know, there's metallurgy involved, there's geology involved, you know, there's probably a hundred different hurdles that you could stumble over, uh, in terms of development. Um, you know, our, our company, you know, we were kind of custom built actually for generalists looking to get exposure to this space. Um, you know, because we're diversified across all these assets, we're kind of on the hook, off the hook you know, for development costs, capital costs, that type of thing. But what we look for, you know, is really projects like Terry said, you know, that, that have a reasonable path to production, right? Not some mega project, you know, in the middle of the Amazon, uh, you know, or uh, that's got some 2.5 or 3.5 billion capital cost, you know, associated with it. You know, something that, you know, is reasonable to put in production. You just got a smaller profile, you know, an underground mine, I think is, is always going to have a little bit of a, a benefit from a, an environmental point of view. Um, and so, and jurisdiction, you know, obviously, uh, you know, being something uh, that would be a key risk. Um, but there's a lot of stuff. It is difficult, you know, for, for investors, especially investors that are not uh, used to looking at the mining space uh, to really kind of come in and, and make individual bets on individual companies, you know, uh, and individual commodities. It's, it's a tough place to be right and, and, and I agree I agree with all of that and you know, those are those are the kind of some of the stock things that you look at but what again I want to I want to get out of you guys is and try and understand it because you're in industry you have conversations I, and most of my learnings the best learnings I have of you know off camera when people are, we've finished filming because you guys know what the heck is going on you know what's real and what's not but I'm trying to work out which companies because all stocks are off They've been hammered. All stocks have been hammered. Everyone's in the same boat. But some are what I would call discounted, i.e., they will come. They will come. They've come into the cycle and they will cycle out of the cycle and they will they will capture um, um, that value again and 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 go beyond. Some, quite frankly, it feels to me, have been, you know, 
you know, they, they, they need they, they need to kind of backfill some of the, 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 the gains that they've had previously because they don't think they've got as much as they would like us to believe or, you know, the future doesn't look quite as rosy. So how, how do we work out which were genuine winners and players, not also rounds? Terry? The thing that I, I look at as I look at catalysts, okay, what are the catalysts that are coming for, for these companies in the coming, you know, six to 12 months? And, and, and are they financed to execute through the catalyst? And, and, and then it's like, okay, what, what, what will this catalyst do for them? Will it, will it be, uh, you know, manifestly de-risk it? Will it manifestly expand the deposit? And then if it does, you know, then, then I have a reason to believe there's a reason to get revalued here. Because if you're already undervalued, but you're not doing anything, good luck trying to get attention. You know, it's just not going to happen. You'll have to wait for the tide to raise all boats. And that's coming too, but it's not coming tomorrow. So you better have some catalysts, you know, in your plan that are achievable, executable, and they do manifestly create value. That's how you're going to get noticed in this market. And so if you're an investor, got to look for those companies. And those are the questions you got to ask. So there's two common words used between what Brendan's just said and what Terry's just said. Risk and plan. I read plan as strategy. So companies that have a coherent strategy and they've been sticking to that strategy. Like we put our first strategy in place for our project back in 2016. And we've been through our first five-year strategic plan. We've just put in a second strategic plan in place just recently. And it's almost unchanged. So we, we know where we want to go. We know how we're going to get there. We've got the team to be able to do it. So team and leadership is another vital component in all this. And then how do you go about managing risk? And I think for the investor, you know, risk has kind of changed in our space or evolved, shall we say, in our space quite significantly over the last couple of years. Permitting and approvals risk has elevated significantly. The challenges thrown up by environmental and social um, uh, compliance has also got more onerous. And what we've uh, what we've done over the last few years is get ticks in all of those boxes. So we've got a fully permitted project ready, shovel ready in Namibia. It's ready to go. Yeah, in Abu Dhabi, we're as far as we possibly can be evolved um, with our permitting and approvals under the very prescribed processes that they have for building these chemical plant or building any kind of plant within an industrial park. So permits and approvals essential. Earlier stage projects, who knows, particularly if, if they're in remote regions, et cetera. Um, even in some of the some developed countries, obviously permitting and approvals is getting more challenging as well. And then those the ESG side of things is, I think, for some projects, some strategies, an unknown. Like we put an awful lot of time and effort into those elements and and one of the reasons why we've got the U.S. government's International Development Finance Corporation um, evaluating the debt for our upstream part of our project is because we've got such good environmental credentials. So what we're doing is we're trying to secure some of the hardest money on the planet to get and jump through all of those ESG hoops because that then demonstrates leadership in lending which then provides confidence to all other investors who are going to be coming in and funding this project. That is really tough money <laughs> coming from a project financing background. There's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through to get that money. 
Uh, well, we're nearly we're nearly at the last one. <laughs> Yeah, well, look, catalysts. I mean, if you're looking at uh, what are the catalysts for us? I mean, Royalty Company has a little bit of a, you know, I'd say an extra benefit in this regard. Uh, but we've had, you know, nearly 40 catalysts this year, uh, you know, across 13, 14 assets. Um, and, you know, it costs us nothing. And we've got a lot of that coming forward in 2023. And it's funny for how much, you know, discussion goes around all these clean energy metals. I mean, you know, we've got a royalty on a lithium asset. It's going to really, really be the only producing lithium mine. Um, in Canada next year. And, you know, they're fully funded to do that, go into production. That's going to be a big catalyst for us. Um, but, you know, only the second producing lithium mine in all of uh, North America, you know, for all the talk and all the companies out there, um, you know, the, the number of groups actually getting the cash flow or, uh, you know, getting into production is, um, you know, fairly minimal. So uh, for those opportunities that, that do have a path forward and, and uh, you can see that, those are the ones that are going to have the biggest upside for sure. Brent, Brendan, this one's specifically for you, okay, because of the royalty component, which is in, in time, in markets like this, it can be difficult for companies to get money. Royalty companies are going to step into the breach. That's what they originally sort of set up, you know, set up to do, take advantage of these kind of quiet markets. So shouldn't you be like, you know, going out there and getting, getting capital and doing deals at the moment? Because there are a lot of stra- cash stranded companies, or is it a case of there's not that many good ones? No, look, we've got a, a really good pipeline of opportunities. Uh, you know, it's not a, a, an infinite amount uh, because the supply side. Steal them. from himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the supply side is really weak, really across all these metals. You know, um, but there are there are good opportunities. We'd love to do it. Um, we're really for us. It's about finding a creative way to finance ourselves. You know, at these prices, um, because we've already got a, a very good portfolio of twenty royalties. Any dilution that we, we take on dilutes that as well. Um, but, you know, there's very wealthy family offices that have, you know, been approaching us. Some of the smartest, best money on the planet, you know, biggest money on the planet, you know, sees this opportunity. And so, um, you know, it's really about trying to, you know, align that in a way that that works with uh, public market valuations, you know, as they are for a junior company, um, you know, which is which is, uh, uh, you know, a tough spot to be in, especially right now. And, and Terry, with regards to obviously the, the nickel's been through a bit of a bit of a run um, this this year, and there are signs this week that uh, China's waking up a little bit. Um, what, what does that do for you? Do you how, how much heavy lifting does price do for you in the nickel market? You know what? It doesn't really do a lot, honestly. It's, it, it maybe creates some attention, you know, uh, but it's minimal in my view. Like, I mean, I mean, we used I think eight dollars uh, a pound for our our forty three one hundred one. I mean, some guys have used 960 or whatever, but I, you know, so, it, but generally the market hasn't really priced that in yet. And so that would be the only way it would really impact us. So, uh, you know, I, that's, it, it's sort of a, you know, all that fanfare with the, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the London metals exchange and all that, that was just noise really. It, it didn't, uh, didn't, uh, I mean, it was crazy, ridiculous how it unfolded, but, uh, it, it, it's, it was premature. Nickel's in a definitely in a fantastic, uh, bold curve as, as is lithium, as is pretty much any, anything in the uh, battery metal space. Uh, you know, but, uh, from the day to day pricing, it doesn't really matter because we're not producing. Okay. Um, right. I, I kind of want to wrap it up now because there's been lots of sort of ideas and, and, and thoughts in there, but just want to give each of you a couple of minutes and persuade me. Why I should become a contrarian investor? Why I should look at each of your companies as a discounted stock, which is 
you know, significantly better than it was, say, a year ago, but is has, for whatever reason, been discounted by the market. Why should I be buying your stuff, Joe? So we offer, we're right on the cusp now of uh, being able to make a final investment decision for this project. So like we've been talking about catalysts uh, a number of times here. So over the course of the next uh, four to six months, that there are going to be key catalysts that are going to allow us to transition this project from the front-end engineering and design phase that we're kind of wrapping up right now through into a final investment decision. And then we're in, we're in full construction and uh, production is on the horizon. And so get, being able to capture these elevated lithium prices and when I say elevated, uh, spot prices are currently sort of plus seventy thousand dollars a ton. Like my sense is, what we're going to do is see elevator prices right the way through this decade, well through into the next decade, and that's what most commentators are missing because they are, as I mentioned earlier, mean reverting. So I think you get in now when the market's obviously um, a bit jittery. Uh, it provides a fantastic entry point. Um, and as I say, we're raising money right now. And one of the things that we've said to, to our shareholders, this could be the last capital raising before we come into production. So okay. this is your last opportunity. Good. Well, first of all, c congratulations on what you've done so far, but also for the use of um, attenuated and capitulatory. Great vocabulary. Um, Brandon, I'm going to give the same question for you. Why do people need to launch into your product? Yeah, well, look, I mean, this would be the time. Uh, valuation's absolutely just nuts. You know, we've got 20 royalties. Those are royalties on, you know, really the best clean energy metal deposits in North America, Europe, and Australia. I think there's a big push uh, for domestic source supply for these metals. And, you know, we're expecting to be just kind of uh, like Joe, you know, cash flow positive, uh, hopefully next year. Um, and this could be the last, you know, it might not be another future financing for us, uh, because, you know, we won't need to, um, all of the work has been done by third parties, over 400 million, uh, raised and in investing in our assets over the last 18 months. And, uh, so, you know, all that work is going to be funded, uh, by third parties and, you know, cash flow is coming back to us, but you know, where we are today, I mean, I, like I said, you know, one of our royalties we're expecting over the life of mine, be over 200 million in cash flow. That's one of 20 royalties. And, you know, today we're about $25 million company. So, uh, you know, I think smart money is going to be definitely uh, coming around and, and looking at us. Retail money should definitely try and beat them to the punch. And Terry, you're about to start a drill program. So, again, why should people be uh, diving into your project? Yeah, I, I think it's really simple. I mean, we're getting paid about 10 cents a pound of nickel in the ground. Uh, a commercial project like that or, or one that is perceived as being commercial, uh, like Talon Metals is getting a buck 20. So when you go from you know, in the ground uh, potential to being commercial, there's a 10, 12 fold jump there. And then it's like, in order to get commercial, you have to triple what you got. So 10 times three is 30. Well, if 30 uh, X doesn't get you off your wallet, I don't know what will. So, I mean, I don't know what Morgan said. And uh, by the way, we've backed up the truck. The shareholders are buying it right now. We're, and we've always said this. We said, hey, we'll buy it if you guys don't buy it. And here we are. So it's like, I don't know what more you can say. <laughs> it's like, and, and the neat thing about nickel is this will probably be the, you know, we'll obviously need to raise more capital, but very likely our next capital raise will be with a strategic partner. 
And that will, you know, because we're a junior and it's like, you guys haven't done this before and blah, blah, blah. You know, once you, once you're partner with somebody big on the consumption or in the industrial side, they sort of say, well, those guys are actually intelligent. They, these guys must be actually telling the truth. <laughs> you know, so there's that, you know, so we get that. I get that. But anyway, that's what's coming for us. Okay. Well, look, I'm Joe Walsh, MD of Lepidico, uh, Brendan Urex, CEO of Electric Royalties and Terry Lynch, CEO of Power Nickel. Um, if you like what you heard today, um, and go and have uh, a little look at uh, their companies. Um, you can watch a backdated series of videos that we've done with the guys. And um, if, it, if it makes sense to you, why not go and have a little tickle? Thank you, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you, Matt. Thanks. Thanks.